Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as a part of the Armchair Media Network. What was supposed to be a bad week three in college football turned into a zany and an entertaining one. It is I, Rob Paul, the Amateur Skip, a.k.a. the third Surratt brother. And with me, as usually always, is AJ, the Cyhawk game should always end on a muffed punt Marchese. I miss one show and it's usually always now forever, Rob. Yeah. Fuck. Get used to it. Today, we'll dive headfirst into some 2020 NFL draft prospect talk uh, from week three of the college football season. And then we'll preview and pick the exciting week four matchups. Let's hit it. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby, going out to Vegas maybe, looking for a young or a Don't draft a running back on the first day, don't draft a running back on the second day, maybe draft one on the third, or don't. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Do you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. That's called hedging. <laughs> if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. Be a parlay guy. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. C-H-A-I-R. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Okay, week three was supposed to be terrible. Was it great? No. Was it good? Yes. Because, I mean, football's football. Especially college football. Uh, and there was some upsets. There was uh, some bizarre stuff. I found it to be a very entertaining week. Um, and It was alright, Rob. It was okay. No, it was... It was uh, come on. Show some love. Okay. No. No. I draw the line here. First of all, right, well, Florida's you- last minute went over Kentucky with their backup quarterback. Penn State barely beat Pitt. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like that Florida one, though. They, they put the... It went over. It was a fix, Rob. Fair. Uh, Penn State barely beats Pitt, and Pat Narduzzi admits he's a coward. 
Uh, Herm Edwards and Arizona State barely beat Michigan State in a really controversial game. The Cyhawk game got delayed like five times and ended in a muffed punt. Uh, <laughs> These are all bad things, but though. they're but they're close games. Things. They're yeah. Yeah. Zany is how I say it. Zany. Temple's upset yeah. of Maryland after Maryland dominates the first two weeks and then just doesn't yeah. show up. Uh, the Virginia-Florida State game was actually legitimately good. Uh, and then BYU-USC. What is BYU, Rob? We'll start the show there. <laughs> we somehow talk about them every week. so We have to. <laughs> they're they're, they're, they're the, coming up. They're, they're the coming team. up. Don't, don't you worry. BYU gets their time. Uh, Pro-Mormon pod. Uh, anyway. Uh, before we super dive into our fun superlatives, you know the drill. ESPN Game Day Celebrity Picker this week. Uh, game Day was in Ames, Iowa. I'm angry, Rob. I'm so the, angry. For the Cyhawk game. Uh, anyway, they went ahead. We, we AJ and I like to speculate who could be the picker. Uh, we both... There was a slam dunk pick this week, Rob. It, Seneca Wallace was the... Correct choice, probably the only choice. Hashtag justice for Seneca. Let's get it trending. Uh, and they they chose Eric Church. I hate when they go with like the random. I mean, it's even worse when it's a country singer, and it's not me. But it's even, but like just a random celebrity that has no ties to the Zero. programs. Zero. Eric Church has nothing to do with the state of Iowa except C.J. Beathard's Beathard's dad or something wrote a song or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly the truth. C.J. Beathard's dad would write songs with him. So, yeah, cool. Anyway, <laughs> Eric Church seemed to be hungover the whole time. Like yeah, he, he his, wasn't. He was pretty low energy. Low energy and had his glasses on. His accent was kind of charming, I won't lie. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I could listen to him say America all day. I'm not going to lie about that. Uh, I gave him a big zero out of ten. Yeah, I like that. That's a good score, Alec. <laughs> honestly, it wasn't his fault. It was Game Day's fault for choosing him. He, again. Where, he, where's. Where's game day this week? Athens. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Who are they going to bring? Herschel? I don't know. That's a good question. They have so many options that uh, they'll probably put country singers from Georgia. I don't know. <laughs> All of them? Oh, Florida-Georgia line will be there. Oh, no, that's going to be for the Florida-Georgia game. True. That makes much more sense. Then the cha- Chainsmokers. Okay, you know the Chainsmokers are going to make an appearance this year. It should have been in Ames if they weren't picking Seneca. I'll, I'll say Lee that. Lee Corso does love the Chainsmokers. Fact. <laughs> they have, like, remarkable chemistry. It's bizarre. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> we should just do a podcast where we talk about game day pickers only. Anyway. Uh, okay, best freshman you saw this week. Uh, speaking of game day, the big story on game day was uh, Ryan Holinsky. I picked Ryan Holinsky, Rob. Gotta give all heart. All respect to him not being that bad against Alabama. It certainly wasn't that good. Uh, no, but I, it's a respect pick, and I knew we were going from game day to this, so it's a segue pick. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, it, it actually was not a great week for freshmen. I'm, no, it wasn't. And, like, you got to give Holinsky. Like, that's a he was SEC freshman of the week no, against he, Alabama. He, that's not he, bad. He was much more competent than I think Jake Bentley would have been. Yeah, so. I agree. That's what I don't I'm know if that means much, but yeah. Uh, uh, Mike, my number one freshman, wide receiver from Georgia, George Pickens. I know it was against Arkansas mm. State, but the sideline grab he made was incredible. Yeah. Uh, five for 84 in the game. Ha, nice. Um, I think that was like the thing on ESPN anyways, but yeah. Georgia fans have been raving about this guy since he got there. A lot of them are saying he's the most talented receiver the Bulldogs have had since A.J. Green. I'm really excited to see him grow because 
Georgia's been really strong, obviously, under Kirby Smart, but now they're mm-hmm. going to start really producing NFL talent because his recruiting classes are, like, going through the full program now, if you know what I mean. Like, they're all – yes. his original recruiting class, I think, is seniors now. So As in, seen, Georgia hasn't been producing a mass amount of NFL talent anyways. Yeah. Uh, but the receiver specifically, though, and I think Pickens is going to be the yeah. dude. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, I put down Wake Forest running back Kenneth Walker, who looked really good against North Carolina with some big splash hey. runs. He did, yeah. And Sam Howell, because I managed to get him down every week. Um, I know they lost he, to Wake Forest, and he had a really bad start and got benched for a bit. But then he re- was resilient and came back in and uh, almost let it come Too back. little, too late. Too little, too late, Rob. You just, you're a Holinsky guy, and I'm a Howell guy. Let's look. You're a North Carolina guy, I'm a South Carolina guy. That's, that's, that's how it goes. That's facts. Uh, okay, best sophomore you saw. Uh, I, I kept it simple. I went with Trevor Lawrence, the old Clemson. Like, not a great week, and I threw Justin Ross's name in with him. But uh, it was good. And, again, I don't I, – I, who would you pick, Rob? First, I want to know. I put three different names. <laughs> I didn't think it was a massive week for, for uh, sophomores either. What? And I, uh, I will say the three guys I picked, like – were had really strong performances, but not like gaudy statistics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my neither did. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I like Lawrence was fine. I don't know. I wasn't overly impressed. It was fine. Like he wasn't great, but he was pretty good. Like Justin Fields was better than him, but obviously they're playing Indiana. It's but yeah, honestly, exactly. Syracuse might be as good as Indiana. Who really knows at this point? Yeah, it's it's tough to tell right uh, now. Yeah. I pick my number one guy is Chris. Uh, uh, Alave, Alave. Alave from Ohio yeah, State. That's a good pick. Uh, crossed my mind. 70 yards and a touchdown, blocked a punt, um, mm-hmm. which... He's weirdly good on special Yeah, teams. I remember last year when he was a true freshman, um, yeah. his biggest game, he caught, I think, two touchdowns and blocked a punt in it, and it was against Michigan. Mm-hmm. It was. And uh, the, other, the other funny thing with this is um, Alave wasn't a big recruit. He was a, I think he was a three-star uh, out mm-hmm. of uh, Mission Hills uh, in California. And when Ryan Day and Ohio State was uh, were there, they were recruiting a quarterback prospect by the name of Jack Tuttle, who was mm-hmm. an Elite 11 guy. And they were like, this Olave kid is sick. And the coach of the school had tried uh, for a while to get UCLA, Cal, USC, all the in-state schools to look at him, and they wouldn't. So, uh, yeah, tough. And uh, anyway, Dan, Ohio State ends up offering him. Jack Tuttle ends up going to Utah. Jack Tuttle ends up transferring to Indiana, so he's actually at Indiana now. <laughs> yeah, it's full circle. Yeah. Really. Uh, two more guys. Micah Parsons, the Penn State uh, linebacker. Ah, oh, good choice. I, I should have thought of Micah Parsons. He did look really yeah, good. Yeah, he's just really physical. He To me, mm-hmm. he was the best player in Penn State's defense. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and it, it was a sloppy, like, slobber knocker type of game, and he, he yeah. really stood out. And the other guy, now, he's a redshirt sophomore, and I wasn't sure if that fits our bill because normally we go yeah, like course. ineligible yeah, like rough. true sophomores but um Jalen Twyman the defensive tackle for Pitt yeah um he what? kept getting penetration as a pass rusher he's really interesting mm-hmm. and I think no he, he was interesting too I think he has like five sacks in their first three games now he, <laughs> that's pretty good yeah so he's that, what do you have he had one sack against Penn State? one and a half but yeah. yeah, he he kept standing out for that pit defense. 
Mm-hmm. Um, no, he seems like a guy who'd like low key track going forward, especially because he is draft eligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, weekday warrior time, my favorite time to shine, where it's always a Wake Forest player because they always play on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, I stuck. I stuck with the rules, Rob. I won't say Charat from Wake Forest. I mean it. Like, I put other people down, it was, but it's impossible not to pick Sage Surratt, I think. Yeah, big game, big time, like, contested catches. He, uh, Wake Forest is the weekend weekday team, so. Uh, he had, I think, mid-second quarter, he, at that yeah, point, he had eight, eight catches for 147 yards. He finished with just nine for 169 in a score. Yeah, it all came early, but he was just dominating them, and it was against his, his brother was on North Carolina. They kept talking up that it was Surratt versus Surratt, but like his brother's a backup, so let's be real. Um, he he I th- he kind of looked a bit off early, and then started cooking uh, uh, on I think the second or third drive, and then he was just dominating mm-hmm. every jump ball. He is so yeah. freaking athletic and big. There's I think he's really gonna put himself. I know he's just a redshirt sophomore, but he's really gonna shoot up the board. Uh, let Wake play every week. Day. Yeah. No, Wake Wake's fun. They're entertaining. They and their their quarterback carries the ball like twenty times a game, Jamie Newman. He's fun too. Yeah, they got they got players on that team. Uh another mm-hmm. one of their guys, Carlos Basham, uh I threw down for Weekday Warrior. He uh the big matchup was him versus Charlie Heck. Heck was injured in, in and out of the game, but Basham had a huge game. He's a, a mm-hmm. sleeper at pass rusher to watch. And then for North Carolina, Miles Dorn, their safety, I thought had a they're by far North Carolina's uh, best defender. He had a mm-hmm. pick, uh, a couple pass breakups, flying around the field. Um, all right, who's the best prospect you saw this week? It feels like pretty lazy, but each week you can kind of just choose between two and Chase Young. To be that's honest, that's what it feels like. They're my number one, number two. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, Tua played in SEC school this week, threw for four forty-four and five touchdowns, yeah. completed seventy-eight percent of his passes, over twelve yards an attempt. It, like, it yep. just looks so easy for him. And, and not that it didn't last year, but he seems like he's taken bigger, like, big strides. I, I totally agree. There was there were uh, hiccups last year for Tua. And they were publicized, and you could feel them in the game. But I agree. It just, it just feels too easy. His now. instincts and his ball placement and just, he's such a natural passer. Yeah, uh, I, I'm excited to see when they do take on a legitimate defense, just to see if the hiccups do come back. But right now, mm-hmm. he is like, there's the the Dolphins have literally ruined their franchise for him. Um, <laughs> it's, true. it's true. And then Ch- Chase Young, Indiana stood no chance against him. He was just no. dominant from start to finish. Um, uh, two sacks, but even more impactful than that. Yeah, th- there he should have had a third, and someone else mm-hmm. ended up, or no, the QB ended up throwing it away, but. Uh, yeah, he was in constantly putting the quarterback under pressure. I threw another guy down, though. Um, in that Clemson-Syracuse game, Isaiah Simmons was all over the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, finished with 11 tackles, 3 TFLs, 2 sacks. Just And, and right now, with obviously Dylan Moses towards ACL, the Alabama linebacker, yep. Marcus Bailey yep. hurt his knee and he's out for the season, the Purdue linebacker. Isaiah Simmons yep. is the guy at linebacker in the country right now. And I, I know some people still act like he's a safety. He's not. To me, he's not a safety. He, 6'3", 230, and an elite athlete. He's going to make I, his money playing yeah. linebacker. Um, and he was flying all over the field. 
his instincts look better this year too, which was kind of one of my few questions with him. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just such an aggressive guy. Like he reminds me a lot of Levante David, especially yeah, Levante I, I, David when he was coming out of school. I don't understand why people still think he's a safety. It's because he he does play it's some a overhang, but yeah. like I I get that. But like if you're projecting him to the NFL, you sh- shouldn't like you should be projecting him as a linebacker. Exactly. That's where his most yeah. value comes with what he does. Um, I mean, hey, teach their own. Uh, anyway, uh, who's shooting up the board for you this week? Uh, I went with a guy that had like a quieter opening and second week. I don't know why I said that so strange. <laughs> quieter start to the season. But then I had a big game uh, this week and caught the game-winning touchdown with 13 seconds left. Tyler Johnson, wide receiver from Minnesota. I'm glad you, uh, uh, you wrote him down because – I feel like partially because it was against Georgia Southern, mm-hmm. there wasn't a ton of buzz around Attention. it. Attention? Yeah. Yeah. But he was dominating, and like you said, he caught the game-winning touchdown. He was their go-to guy. He had, like you said, yeah. Rashad... Ten catches, 143 touchdowns. Sorry, just to throw that in there. And Rashad Bateman was kind of getting the attention in the first two weeks, mm-hmm. and we've talked about Bateman yep. on this show. And then, yeah, Johnson kind of carried the team. Mm-hmm. And... And yeah, really, what we expected to, from the from the get go, but um, this week three is not that bad. It's, it's not too slow. So, and, and just like, he's an elite route runner, contested catch route runner. It's like his skill set is very very NFL ready. Like we, it's very very day two. Yeah, like we've talked about. There are some concentration drops at times, but. Mm-hmm. He, like, mm-hmm. I am in love with Tyler Johnson. I think the Devontae Adams comps he gets are spot on, and we know yeah. my love for Devontae Adams. Late love, yeah. Um, I put another receiver down. Uh, mm-hmm. Alabama's other, other, other receiver, Devontae Smith. Uh, he was from start to finish in the South Carolina game. He was the guy Tua was looking to. Um, uh-huh. Ruggs, obviously, is apparently could be running 4-1. Uh, and then Jerry Judy's the best receiver in the country, and Jalen Waddle's the future. And then, yeah, Smith's kind of the guy who's forgotten about. He's a bit banged up yep. last year. But they, they do say he is the best hands on the team, and he made an immediate impact against South Carolina, finished with 136 yards, two touchdowns. He, like, he has the tools to be a day-two guy, and he's just completely kind of forgotten about, at least by the general media. I know some guys on draft Twitter do stand for him a little bit, but... Obviously, when the other three are there, it's hard to get the attention. Isn't it crazy how quickly and how far Alabama's come from, like, Garrick Dieter being a relevant receiver on their team? Garrick Dieter wasn't relevant. He transferred there and played special teams. He got, like, five passes. He got some big plays, but you know what I mean? Garrick Dieter wouldn't sniff the field. You know what I mean? That's my point. Fair. I'm just saying, it's impressive how much wide receiver talent they brought in. Um, yeah, if you look at that recruiting class, I believe Ruggs and Judy were both top 20 prospects, and then Devonta Smith yeah. was high-end four-star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a couple more names, um, also from that Alabama-South Carolina game. Xavier McKinney. Um, mm-hmm. Just, he, he's he got an unreal football IQ. He's always in the right position. I think he leads the team in tackles right now, and he did in this game. He's sticking tackles everywhere. He had a great uh, high-point interception. Um, I love Xavier McKinney. He's kind of one of my favorite dudes right now in the country. And I, I do have uh, a lot of love for the safety position, but, yeah, McKin- mm-hmm. McKinney is 
I don't, I don't think he'll be a guy who blows away testing or anything, but like kind of in the mold of Eddie Jackson. That's who I think of when I see McKinney. Fair enough. And Eddie Jackson obviously went a little later, but has had an amazing start to his career. Uh, and then Javon Kinlaw, also in this game. Yeah. Uh, he was kind of the one dude on the South Carolina defense who was making a splash and giving them hell. Yep. He had a nasty bull rush uh, where he picked up a sack. Um, he's just so much raw potential with him. Per, like yes. Built really well. I think he's, what, 6'5", like 300. Clearly mm-hmm. an explosive athlete with power. Um, he, he's not getting a ton of attention right now because South Carolina is not that good, but he is, I think, a sleeper first-round talent. And uh, J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins had an incredible yeah. game against Indiana. His vision in the open field is maybe the best in the country. He just knows how to set up blocks. And I know some people do hate on Dobbins. Uh, he runs a little bit high, and he's not the most explosive at, of athlete. But he's a little bowling ball with his great vision and running instincts. I'm I'm in on J.K. Dobbins. Who's who's your Dobbins comp, Rob? I don't know if I have one. Let me let me check the notes. Uh, I I don't think there's an easy one that comes to mind. So I wrote down Ronnie Jones Drew, but he's not there. He's him, not there as a pass catcher. Now he no, he dropped a should be touchdown early in the game, but he rebounded was, later yeah. and caught one. Um, he does need to improve as a pass catcher. I think with that, it was like the bowling ball style that I see with Dobbins. Um, <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm very like to me, he's a guy who's gonna go. He might go as late as like the third round, but just I mean, running back scoring. Can, can I can I throw a weird name out? And it's like more of early his career, but um, Damien Harris. Is that weird or no? The Patriots running back who's a rookie. Yeah, I know, but like How's that a pro <laughs> It's like just like I didn't say a pro comp, I said a comp, right? Oh. Uh I don't really see that. Okay. Okay. Just popped in my head. Um Okay, who's sliding down the board? Bit of a hint because we said uh Micah Parsons was the best player on the defense. Uh Gross Matos. It's kind of invisible on the field, right? Yeah, I, I've got him for a different negative category later. But uh Okay. He fits here. He's very overhyped, I I think. And that's what I thought when I watched him. Like, just because mm-hmm. he's being considered this first-round guy. And I watch him mid, in... Mid-late first-round, like yeah. He looks physically like a first-round guy with the athleticism yeah. and the size. But then, yeah, he did nothing against Pittsburgh. He, like, was no. completely invisible. And... Other than when ESPN would talk about him, which they did a lot, but... But, yeah, he, he literally finished with zero statistics. But, yeah, he was... <laughs> He's not someone who impresses me, and I get that the physical no. skills are all there, but I think there's a real debate to be had about him, and uh, I don't know. Should go back. I, I don't think I don't he's a first round guy right now. Um, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Uh, a guy who kind of the concerns I had, but I love his tape. Uh, is sliding down the board right now. Bryce Hall, the Virginia corner, against Florida State. Mm-hmm. To and Terry was. Burned him a few times and burned him on the final drive, but Blackman missed yeah. the game-winning touchdown. The just the the questions with Hall have always been the athleticism, um, the the deep speed, and they're it's certainly not especially in a class like this where there's so many freaky athletic cornerbacks. I think his lack of speed really can stand out. Like he looks like a four-five-five guy, mm-hmm. uh, and. Granted, he did have other other than like the three times he got burned, 
a strong performance, and he's got great ball, ball skills and instincts. He's so physical and technically sound, but the lack of athleticism will, like, kind of stops his ceiling from being what it is for the other yeah. people, other corners. Yeah. Um, Almost, like, it feels a little like, like the late first-round guy that has a good career. Yeah. You know no, I mean? I, I'm still, like, very much a fan of his, but, like, I think guys like... Jeffrey Okuda and Christian Fulton. Fulton, uh, They yeah. just, they have higher ceilings, for sure. They can hop them, yeah. No, I understand. Uh, I agree. Uh, another guy, uh, another DB, actually. Alabama Shane Carter. I thought he struggled mm-hmm. against South Carolina. He uh, gave up the touchdown to Shai Smith, where he just couldn't find the ball. Um, mm-hmm. He got burned another time, where he flipped his hips the wrong way. I like Shane Carter a lot, and I think he's a really physical, interesting nickel prospect. But another guy who just can get a little bit panicky in coverage, and uh, I do have a, a couple athleticism questions with him. Um, oh, that's fair. That's fair. And then just, I wrote down middle-tier QBs. Be- <laughs> in general, Because yeah. th- there's, I'm c- kind of at the point where, the, I mean, the uh, I feel like the consensus top four QBs are um, Herbert to a... Um, Jordan Love and Jacob Eason, and then, yeah. uh, or, and I guess Jake Fromm, jo- like Joe, Joe, Joe I throw Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow into that con- like the the next yeah. guy up type thing. Um, yeah. Was that six? Yeah, uh, yeah. Those are probably the top six guys, and like the people behind that grouping this week were all pretty bad. Uh, KJ Costello, Brian yeah. Lewerke, Derek King, Nate Stanley, Bryce Perkins, Cole McDonald, and Stephen Montez. Yes, all bad. Like King was King like, was the best, but also I'm one of the yeah. few people who put King in this category. And it wasn't great. Like the legs were yeah, really good. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's definitely a guy who the NFL is probably going to see as a receiver, especially if he's as short as they say he is. Uh, yeah. And he did play receiver earlier in his career. Although his high yeah. school statistics are nuts. Did you see that when they showed his next to Kyler Murray's and his were better than Kyler yeah. Murray's? Yeah. Yeah. insane. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like Costello looked terrible against Central Florida. Brian Lewerke is not as bad as last year, but not the guy we thought he could become. Does he get drafted? I know it's early, but I don't know because like Nate Stanley's going to. Nate Stanley will get drafted. I, I'm confident. About I that. would. I would. I don't know. Uh, Bryce Perkins is another guy who's really like. I, I yeah. like some of the stuff, but then the the sporadic accuracy. Uh, Cole McDonald just is an interception machine. I think he needs to get out of Hawaii. I want him to grad transfer. That's an interesting idea. Go where? Make a call right now, Rob. NC State. That's my prediction. Utah. That'd be fun. Tyler Huntley's graduating. Let's get Cole McDonald in. And that, that'd be fun. Steven Montez. I mean, hey, well, first of all, Colorado. Don't schedule service academies. Can I, Hold on. I, I put Montez as my overhyped prospect. I know he's not that much hype, but like... There's some still, and it's a bad, bad game for Montez. He does have a big arm, but I mean, like, is um, it really though? I don't. I haven't seen it. Like, even like Daniel Jeremiah is very not into Steve Montez. There was remember the 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 stupid article about um, like the the preliminary NFL GM whatever quarterback ranking article, and he was up there, and like he shouldn't be. Yeah, so was Nate Stanley. So. So, I mean, I get it, though. Nate Stanley's going to be up there. <laughs> Why? Because he's white, tall, and has a big arm? Exactly, yes. Uh, okay. 
out of nowhere prospect. Uh, <laughs> I went back to Houston. Uh, Ooh, okay. I've, I've got a guy from Houston. I wonder if it's different. Uh, their safety? Who? Gleason Spreewell. Okay, I went with a different DB from Houston. <laughs> but Spreewell had the interception, right? Yeah, led the team in tackles. 6'2", 195, uh, junior. Any relation to Latrell Spreewell? If not, if, if not, I wouldn't touch him. If so, then I'm drafting think- him. When you start Googling Gleason Spreewell, the second result is father. Gleason Spreewell father. And you click on it and it does the same thing about Latrell. So I don't know. But there's rumors, Rob. Okay, good to know. Uh, with the size and he looked, I think, who's your guy from the Houston Deep? The, the, the nickel, Grant Stewart. Yeah, a couple guys look good, yeah, right? He's he got like blonde Troy Polamalu hair. Yeah. And no. he was physical as hell. Uh, no, I yeah. was very interested in him. And Spreewell stood out too. Both, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Houston, but they're interesting, I and I, I'm happy uh, Holgerson's there. It's fun. It is it fun. Was a fun game. He fits their mold. The whole Holgerson fits Houston so perfectly, and and yeah. as a uh, basically, I'm a Mike Leach disciple myself. So anytime <laughs> Mike Leach disciples are are in cool places, makes me happy. Uh, another guy from that game who caught my eye actually, Jihad Woods, <laughs> the Washington State linebacker. Uh, okay, interesting. Number, I think, 31. Uh, eight tackles, a sack, a pass breakup, got a couple pressures. He was just hammering people. Like, he, maybe some cheap shots, I don't know. But he looked like an enforcer <laughs> out there. Um, and one more guy uh, who I think is kind of the biggest out of nowhere prospect for most people this week, Kentucky wide receiver Ahmad Wagner. Mm-hmm. Now, he played basketball for three years at Iowa. <laughs> Transferred to Kentucky last season. Now he's a starting wide receiver. He's 6'5", 235. He made the incredible touchdown catch against Florida. He's just a... I don't know. Like, I think because that of the basketball background and the size and everything, like he's going to be a guy who ends up getting invited to the combine. <laughs> is, your, uh, is your comp Darren Waller? Yeah, in a couple years, he's going to be a sick tight end. <laughs> Waller played basketball, right? Yes, he did. I don't know. I just know he's massive receiver at, in the triple option offense. It's, I don't know. Maybe he didn't play basketball. I don't know. Anyways, let's move uh, on. Okay, prospecting <laughs> made you look stupid. You know what makes me look stupid, Rob? Who, who That's such have? a cop-out. I couldn't think of anyone. Who do you have? Uh, Florida DB Brad Stewart. So he, he's okay. a guy in the preseason I, I, uh, who I was kind of interested in. Uh, Florida's loaded at DB. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, he was the one guy I was like, ha. Huh. If I pound the table for this guy, I'm going to be smart. I'm first on him. And I don't know if I was because I, I know Tampa Trey was interested in him as well. Um, but Stewart was playing a lot of nickel for them last season uh, and mm-hmm. rotating his safety really physical. Uh, I forget what – he had a pick six against whoever I was watching against. Anyway, against Kentucky, he was the one giving up all the touchdowns. <laughs> so didn't feel great. Couldn't locate the ball. Uh, and, yeah. And their other DBs play pretty well. So, do you have anyone I else? I took my L there. Um, I was gonna write Bryce Hall, but then I had him for some like for yeah. uh, um, sliding down the board. And I thought about Shaheem Carter because that's another guy who uh, I, I'm very into. But then I had him I, for sliding down the board as well. I try to think of all my like my small school crushes, but they, they all had great. Uh, I could also okay, Bray. Greg McCray looked awesome. Um, also, again, Derek King could fit this category for me because I'm still yeah. pounding the table for him as a top 10 QB in the class. 
wasn't a terrible. It, game it for wasn't, Indiana, but, but as a passer, it wasn't great. And like it wasn't, he, he ended up carrying the like keeping them in it because of the legs. Yeah, and like you expect, I don't know, a little more of a better passing performance against Washington State. Well, come on now, uh, you got to keep pace, man. It's Holgerson versus Lee. Fair, but uh, got to rise to the occasion. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of the guys uh, who I felt like made me look stupid, I already put in other categories because so many people made me look stupid this week. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, best prospect versus prospect matchup. Uh, I kept I kept it simple. I went with Darnay Holmes against uh, C.D. Lamb. And? And, uh, I mean, Oklahoma trounced them. <laughs> Lamb had a pretty solid game. Holmes still not fully healthy, though, right? Isn't an ankle injury with him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Which isn't good. That's but. also not a great match. Like, Darnay Holmes is going to be a nickel in the NFL. I know. It's not. Uh, who's, who's yours? Put two. Well, I, put, I mentioned Heck versus Basham earlier. Um, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's when I put down, but the the big one was Terry versus Bryce Hall. Ter- Terry's yeah. a, a receiver who I know there was some preseason love for him, and he's a big athletic guy who's raw as hell. And yeah. fl- definitely Florida State's like go to pass catcher at this point. Um, uh, I'm interested to see if his hype builds. Most of the time, he wins on like just nine routes only. Yes. But, uh, yeah, he was giving Hall trouble. But, again, Hall Hall didn't have an awful game. It was just the issues in Hall's game were picked on in this game. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But, yeah, like, like for me, preseason-wise, I think I had Bryce Hall as, like, my number six player or something. Yeah. Like, his lack of athleticism will stop him from being there, I think, at the end, right? And it's just lack of high ceiling and... You're not taking a corner that early who has athleticism issues, even if the rest of their game is so strong. It, that's what it feels like, like you know, like with Byron Murphy last year, you know, athleticism and then slipped and then. But him, you could even say uh, like lack of size and like this guy's a nickel yeah. on the next level. Yeah, and mm-hmm. which Hall, Hall, none of those issues. Yeah, obviously. like he's six one long. Uh, re- I'm still, I'm still very in. On oh, Hall, me too. Like I, I'm, I, I, have a, I'm gonna have a first round grade. Like his man coverage technique and instincts. I mentioned that. Like the footwork's so crisp. Mm-hmm. It's just, and, and his press uh, ability is strong. He's just gonna. It's gonna, especially because of that lack of, of athleticism. Scheme fit's gonna be super important, and he just he yeah. feels like more of a mid to late first round pick than a top fifteen. Top yeah, guy, and again, like with Paul, like Paulson and Debo probably ends up being the first corner off the board. It's gonna be interesting. Debo, Akuda, Fulton. It's such a strong class. Henderson, Diggs. And then you get in some of the nickels. It's a strong nickel class too. Mm-hmm. It is. And like Jeff Gladney, the TCU senior corner, had a great week against Purdue. He's he's a guy who's gonna shoot up the boards. And I know there's a ton of love for Jalen Johnson. I really love this corner class uh, and nickel class. Um, yeah, not so much the linebacker class though. Uh, anyway, um, prospect who played the box score. Uh, kept it simple again. I went with a big time prospect, AJ Peniza, Iowa. Uh, only one tackle, but presence was felt consistently in that Iowa Iowa State game. This is a hot bowl, if you will. I will. Uh, yeah, he especially because of Chase, like Chase Young has been dominating every week. And yeah, he, and statistically, yeah, too. statistically, yeah. And getting the national attention for it. And plus, I think yeah. Chase Young gets a, an extra boost because he looks like such a monster. Yeah, he looks like a freak. Yeah, and, yeah. and AJ Epinesa, like, he's 6'4", 280. 
like obviously great build, but he's not yeah. 6'5", 265, looks like he runs 4'5", um, yeah. and, and is physically intimidating in that way. Um, so I, I feel like he's uh, he's not getting the early season hype that Chase Young is, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Eponisa is a, a top 10 guy. And I think yeah. so. And I'm, uh, at the same time, Bleacher Report wrote an article this week saying he's the next J.J. Watt. So what do I know? Maybe he's getting the hype he deserves. <laughs> and it was like, it was, it was funny. Report, it was like not about even the style of play comparison. It was like he led the team, the Big Ten in sacks as a sophomore like J.J. <laughs> he was a not, he never started a game until he was a junior like J.J. <laughs> I don't know. It was like weird stuff like that that doesn't have anything to do with their actual on-field comparison. Uh, I want to find like other guys you can comp to JJ Watt just because of those like accolades. Someone went back and found uh, when Taven Bryan, the Florida defensive lineman, yeah, was yeah. Oh, there was a... <laughs> he was JJ Watt according to Bleacher Report. Uh, that was just the athleticism and the whiteness for Bryan. Yeah, fair. AJ Epinesa's not. Not white, but he's not black, but he's not white, so hey, that that's uh, mm-hmm. good enough for uh, Bleacher Report to call J.J. Watt. It's J.J. Watt in Bleacher Report. So uh, okay. Um, I put two down, two different defensive tackles. Uh, first of all, Raekwon Davis, the Alabama defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he controlled the line of scrimmage against South Carolina, and they got um, Donnell Stanley, who's a potential draft pick at center. And he was just moving people and using that length. And I, I he just had, like I think, four tackles. Um, but he looks so much better from his junior to senior year. He looks more athletic, uh, and just more aggressive and more, mm-hmm. his, his, um, hand use looks I, a lot stronger. See, for me, Davis was the guy that was overhyped for a long time. And now me. it's, it went so far one way that it's gone the <laughs> other way. It has, and Like, yeah. no one really talks about him, especially because Alabama is like, when you talk about Alabama and you talk about their prospects now, it's all Tua, Judy, Ruggs. It's the offense. Yeah, it's all yeah, it's exactly. all the offense. And if you talk defense a lot of the time now, it, it's uh, Diggs. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, D- Davis is very much still a top 20 guy. Um, him and Derek Brown. It's going to be an interesting little battle uh, for who's the number one interior defensive lineman in this class. Um, who's your other guy? Uh, Florida State's defensive tackle Marvin Wilson. Just okay. two tackles against Virginia, but he was in the backfield getting all of Bryce Perkins constantly. And he's mm-hmm. a guy who, uh, five-star recruit, um, flashed a bit last year, uh, and then now he's taking his game to the next level this year. He's long. He's like 6'4", 315. He moves so well in space. He is a guy I think is going to shoot up the board. Yeah, I was about to say, he's like, he, he feels like a guy who's like a, a late riser, but I think it's going to happen earlier. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, I, I know the TDN guys were kind of all over Marvin Wilson mm-hmm. uh, before anybody else, but yeah, it's, I don't know if he'll get a ton of national attention anytime soon, but he's got the physical skills to be a top 100 pick for sure. Yeah. Uh, prospect is being overhyped. I said my already with Steven Montez. He's like, come on, man. It's Air Force. Go on and do a better performance than that. Uh, like, barely completed 50% of his passes. Like, 220 yards, two touchdowns, a pick. You got to go out and beat over, uh, Air Force and not lose in overtime. Hey, at least you got... You could find a kid at Beckett Farm Elementary School and perform better than that, At Rob. least you got LaVisca Chenault involved this this, uh, this week. 
He did, yeah, but whatever. Yeah, uh, Montez Cardell Jones. That was my comp like two years ago when I watched this tape for the first time. And I feel so strongly about it. Who's your who's your guys? Uh, I, I already mentioned how I uh, gross my toes here. Um, yeah. I mean, again, it's. I, I get it. He's like 6'5", 250. He look, like, looks very athletic. It's just. He just completely. Like, I forgot for a stretch of time that he was on Penn State's defensive line when I was watching I, this. I game. know. I know. I like, know. Robert, um, I'm almost Robert, surprised. Sorry, Robert Windsor stood sorry. out more than him. Yeah. I'm almost surprised that. Uh, he is getting the media attention, but I'm like, I shouldn't be. He had a good statistical year last year, and yeah, he had a ton of TFLs last year, didn't he? He did. Yeah, like I remember last year, like I, I mentioned him a lot as the sophomore because the potential was there. But uh, yeah, and then, I mean, but then like you watch the tape, and, it, and there are the flash plays, and now there given are, this yeah. was, uh, like based on my sophomore preseason team. sophomore stuff. Yeah, but the flashes are definitely there, and they're big flashes. But then like. Derwin Gray's giving him hell when they play Maryland. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, a, a handful of the TFLs are coming on, like, just not, kind of not getting touched. And just... Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Things like that where it's, man, not like, not him manufacturing... Yeah, it'll be, like, you know, run out to the other side, but then there's nowhere there, nothing there, and then he'll come from behind yeah, and make a tackle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I just... I also didn't think his motor looked that great in this game, and mm-hmm. uh, Parsons looked uh, so much, so much, so much better than he. Parsons, did. an interesting guy, six uh, huge recruit, right? Yeah, he, I, like I top five, top ten, if I remember right. Yeah, I swear yeah. he was recruited to be a pass rusher, and then they they played him at linebacker as a, a freshman last year because they needed mm-hmm. to, and he just stuck. And he's six three, two forty five, and apparently just a weight room freak and. I'm pretty excited he, for he, him. He's yeah. uh, he he moved well, but he also was clearly a thumper. It's it's time for uh, more linebackers to come out of the linebacker year up. Ooh, I mean the last great was Jason Cabinda. So did he? Uh, he signed somewhere. Did he sign somewhere? I don't know. At the you, end of Jason. Hard Knocks, he signed somewhere. I, I liked him in Hard Knocks. <laughs> he seemed like a good guy. Uh, him and his mom. I, I watch him and his mom tour many Canadian cities. Uh, I got one more overhyped guy. Uh, Joshua Kelly, the UCLA running back. Oh, I forgot like, he had hype, yeah. I, I think neither of us liked him very much. Mm-mm. It was like he'd rip off a massive run every once in a while. Yeah. But it'd be like untouched and he's... Not that impressive at all. Yeah, like the least impressive ADR touchdown runs you're going to find. <laughs> um, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looked really bad against Oklahoma. Granted, Oklahoma's defense is looking a lot better this year under Alex Grinch, and they've got some guy like Neville Gallimore and Kenneth yeah. Murray. But, yeah, Kelly just doesn't break tackles. He's really small. Um, I know he's been banged up this year, but he did nothing for me in this game. And I, I, I know some people are, like, varying on him. That's weird to like, me. I have an undrafted grade on him. So so do I. Yeah, he's yeah. not for me. Uh all right, finally, small school guy who caught your eye. Um, debatable on how small the school oh, God, is, I'm but the same thing. <laughs> I went to Temple. Okay, mine's, mine's Temple worse. small school. Okay, <laughs> Michigan. Um, their quarterback. We talked about him for a little bit, Anthony Russo. This is a good <laughs> pick. This is a good pick. Lit up Maryland, baby. That's good. He did look good. Uh, statistically, good, good stat line, but then the 
Big time throws were there too. And, and he's not a senior, so he's most likely going to be back, which is nice. Yeah. No, he he did that. Uh, that's a good pick. Yeah, and then also I threw Isaiah Wright in there because I like I him. He had a good game. He had a good game too. So. Uh, okay, my small school. Guy, basically, our, our rule I think is as long as it's not Power Five, we'll, we'll count it as small school. What if it's the biggest university in America? Oh boy! I see. UCF is a is a tough debate right now. Yes, for small school. I think Gabriel Davis, the UCF wide receiver. Yeah, uh, he cooked <laughs> Paulson Adebo. You were not in on in the summer, if I remember he correctly. He killed Paulson Adebo on that that yeah. stop and go. That he ran that to perfection. His pump break down, and then Adebo bit so hard, it hurt my soul because I love Adebo. But uh, <laughs> he's yeah, no, he he looked nice. What Davis like, the flashes are there. Like, like watching live games, I feel like Davis is almost more impressive than when you sit down and watch the tape. Because when you when you throw on the tape, there's a lot of like, just like catchable balls that he doesn't come up with. But the size is interesting. He's like six three two ten or whatever he is. Um, all those pieces are interesting. Also, what's up, Dylan He's Gabriel? Sick. The they got so lucky. Brandon Wimbush doesn't have to be their quarterback. That's pretty awesome. It, it, it's wild because um, if you remember, like Mackenzie Milton's from Hawaii, right? Uh, yep. A small guy from Hawaii. So is this guy. That's awesome. Like, that's perfect. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. Like I'm pretty sure Mackenzie Milton's how UCF uh, UCF God. stumbled onto him. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he looks he looked really fun. I thought there might be some drop off with UCF when Josh Schuppel took over. I was wrong. Yeah, there has been. He has an air yeah. connection. That I forgot. There has it's honestly I I think I applaud him lots of times last year, but it's been really impressive. Yeah, and like especially the, the job. going through the Milton injury, which um, yeah, like you can understand like okay, Milton's still there and he's still the guy, and then maybe when he leaves, there's a drop. But the sudden terrible injury, I still like, love McKenzie you, Milton. You would, me too. You would think something like that could like really shake a program because obviously McKenzie uh, Milton's like yeah. been the the catalyst for this UCF then, yeah the turnaround. And, um, what was, what was the other quarterback's name? Sorry, not Wimbush, obviously the um, the backup last year. Oh, I forget his Blanking name. He out. didn't look too bad though. That's what I mean. He came in uh, after Milton went down and looked pretty solid. Yeah. Like it's impressive, I mean, but, especially at a school like UC. Like it's it's going to be really interesting to see. Well, what, if, if Hupel doesn't goes. leave, and they've got yeah. Dylan Gabriel going forward, like they should be able. And I'm assuming because of. The amount of media attention they get, and they like beating a team like Stanford so easily, they're they're easily, gonna be yeah. easily the best recruiting group of five school. And again, UCF's literally the biggest school in America. That's see that that that's the factor that interests me. Like, could they just build this program into something legit? Legit? I don't know. I think it's gonna have a ton to do with their ability to retain coaches. Yeah, I, I, it's gonna be because like obviously Hupel hasn't had the big time job. And like Scott Frost I, left because it. I mean, we all knew it was he, Nebraska. Yeah, it was Nebraska. That's like it kind of felt like this is like he wouldn't have left that situation at UCF he, for fucking Maryland. No offense, Maryland. I, no, Maryland. You can have some offense, but yeah, I I totally agree. And like um, and Josh Hupel played at Oklahoma, right? So it's like. He's not taking Lincoln You're Riley's safe. job unless Lincoln Riley. <laughs> Although, if Lincoln Riley went to the NFL, I wonder if, how quickly they'd call Hubel. That's interesting. Because Hubel's oh, still really young, right? He's, he's like an early four, 41 years old. Okay, yeah. And, yeah. and now here's the other factor. What if Weber State or Snow, Snow College come calling? Because apparently he played at them according to this Wikipedia page. 
Yeah, he also played for the Dolphins and the Packers. What did they call come call? <laughs> but yeah, like Hupel, uh now I've got this in my head. If Lincoln Riley goes to the NFL, Josh Hupel's going to Oklahoma. Uh, don't put that evil on UCF. But I mean, also hell of a hire. I liked it when it happened, but like there's a, you have to be skeptical. But just a two year OC at Mizzou, but no. But he he, he 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 was at Oklahoma before that. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just saying though. Hey, hey, he could some- cook with Drew Locke. He did. He did a good job with your lock. Anyways, way too much. <laughs> to speaking of good jobs, remember the days when you were always ready to go and do a good job? <laughs> I loved doing a good job back in the day, Rob. Well, now you can't. But if you want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence back in bed, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color and chew like chewing. BlueChew brings you first <laughs> the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. I didn't know that this is how chewables work. So you can be ready whenever your opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra in capitals function and more confidence where it counts... Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performances. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships through straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners, visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com. Promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Okay, uh, time for AJ's intrusive question of the week. Rob, oh, yeah. what is your favorite time of day to make love? Uh, 3.30 a.m. 12 hours before the CBS SEC game. <laughs> can, can we get some reason on that, or you want to be mysterious? I, no, I just it needs to be 12 hours before I hear uh, Dan, uh, Gary Danielson speak. <laughs> the devil's hour. Uh, you know what else I like to do when I'm watching Gary Danielson speak 12 hours after? Gamble. Gamble. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet on football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you know... You can bet on games after kickoff. If by the second half it looks like you're going to lose, hedge that bet. Make money somehow. Never lose. And if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and will not be a weird parlay guy like me, bet 10 things. And sometimes they all hit and you make a bunch of money when you only bet $10. And if all your picks come through, I already said that part. So no matter how you bet, the NFL season and college football is the best time of the year. Join now, my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Week 4 matchups, spreads brought to you by our sponsor, my bookie. Uh, Alright, AJ, how'd you do last week? 7-3, uh, and three, baby. Fuck, what's your overall record? I was so close... Uh, I'm 13 and 7. And stupid Alabama missed the cover by one point. I'm 10... I was so close. I'm 10 and 10. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing, isn't it? Fucking, I, I hate seeing BYU on our list last week, and I hate seeing them on this list again. 
So I was so close to picking them, but I'm like, Slovis got him cucking. Uh, but he didn't. Yeah, but he didn't. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> national broadcast games. You know the drill. We pick our 10 national broadcast games. Uh, hey, it's a good week, though. So, it is. Um, but we're starting with the 12 p.m. ESPN game. The Tennessee Volunteers go into number 9 Florida. Despite Florida losing um, Felipe Franks for the season with a dislocated ankle, Florida's still a 14-point favorite with Kyle Trask at quarterback. Um, I mentioned I hate seeing BYU on on our list. Uh, I also hate seeing Tennessee, and there's nothing I hate more than Florida football. Yeah, this game is like <laughs> the least appealing game on our slate, and there's like games it should be more appealing than them, but like I I can't. Um, good thing you got Big Ten football also at noon, but um, fuck it, Tennessee's bad. I'll take Florida. To that's 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 um, how I feel as well. Yeah. And yeah, I, um, I also think Dan Mullen can kind of scheme an offense between Trask and uh, Emory Jones, the the scrambling quarterback they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Florida has a good defense. Like they they've got yeah. NFL players yeah. on each level. Uh, I'm I'm excited prospect wise. Get a look at Marquez Callaway versus C.J. Henderson, Juwan Jennings versus C.J. Henderson, uh, if Henderson plays. Um, and seeing Trey Smith, mm-hmm. the big Tennessee guard. Against a defensive line with NFL talent, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't think Tennessee. Like, do do you think um, Jeremy Pruitt and uh, is still the coach in twenty twenty one? Oh no, I don't. Like, I thought you were going to ask at the end of the season. I was like, uh, I, I I think only at the end of the season because it'd be pretty embarrassing for he was like their tenth choice and then they're already out on him. And what are you going to do now, yeah. Tennessee? I I didn't hate the hire to be honest, but you can only you can only go back to the Alabama well so many times, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Mike Loxley was the right one. <laughs> Maybe not anymore. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, sorry. Do you yeah, have more sorry, to guy. say on Tennessee, Florida? Jerry Pruitt, I got some more to say. If he gets fired, he's gonna be a good DC somewhere. Anyways, is he or was it always Nick Saban? Uh, okay. Uh, he's in a Georgia too. But yeah. Twelve p.m. Fox. Uh, the noon game of the week. There's so many good games that this is just the time slot game of the week. No, uh, no this is the game no, of the week. No, this isn't even the best Big Ten game at noon. Uh, <laughs> number 11, Michigan, heads into Madison to take on number 13, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, this game's near and dear to her heart, AJ. Is bias uh, taking I, over? Yeah, bias is taking over. Um, no, no mind in this selection at all. No brain in the least. It's all heart, Michigan. Blows them out just like last year. Who's the worst QB? Shea Patterson or Jack Cohen? Um, who's the put Graham the best Mertz quarterback in the game on either team is Graham Mertz. We both know That's that. Tr- I mean, give me Graham Mertz versus Dylan McCaffrey, and this is the greatest game of all time. Uh, both these teams would be in the playoffs if that were the, the case. Dude, how is Graham Mertz? Go watch the Army All American. Graham Mertz is the greatest Graham Army All American game quarterback of all time. Tell me Grammar shouldn't be starting at Wisconsin, who's had zero quarterback since Russ left. Uh, I'm going to take Wisconsin. Yeah, that's probably smart. But uh, Yeah, <laughs> well, to me, Wisconsin three and a half. Uh, at the end of the day, Wisconsin has a at least a plan on offense. Jonathan Taylor's <laughs> the best college running back yeah. in the country, probably. Running behind mm-hmm. an offensive line that's homegrown and got two mm-hmm. future NFLers in Cole Van Lannan and Tyler Beatties, and they're just going to mm-hmm. run all over Michigan. Um, and defensively, Wisconsin's really bounced back 
this year. I know they haven't played like big time opponents, but um, I mean, Jim Leonard's the defensive coordinator. I'll forever have love for Jim Leonard. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't think this Michigan team's that. Good. I don't think they are either. But people were so in I on bought them. It. So I didn't understand it, but I couldn't I couldn't say they weren't good before the game for the before the season started. I'm like, I got to be all like, in. You know, and they have talent, obviously, especially at wide receiver. But Shea Patterson sucks, and Donovan Peoples-Jones hasn't really been playing. And the offensive line's been a little bit disappointing. I know Runyon's been injured, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. And I, Devin Bush leaving is a huge loss for this. Team. I was gonna say that too. I was gonna say it doesn't feel like they have a defensive linebacker, uh, just a defensive guy in general. They can fall back on like they have some uh, like Kaliki Hudson, Levert, like they have some yeah. guys. They're solid players, but yeah, even on the like on the line too. Yeah, like the the interior line is not what it's like. Winovich was Winovich and Bush were such massive losses, and obviously Rashawn Gary too. And I just don't think yeah. this defense has uh, enough power to stop the Wisconsin rushing attack. Okay, yeah, last year was the year and they blew it. Anyways, let's uh, the good Big Ten game at noon on ABC, unranked Michigan State heading in to unranked Northwestern. Michigan State nine and a half point favorites on the road. Okay, my first question is, why is this game on ABC? What do you mean, why? It's Michigan State Northwestern. My second question is, I'm all in it, on this game. By the way, like, it, doesn't this feel like like okay, the worst game? How could you not? <laughs> yeah, how can you not take Northwestern? Plus okay, the I'm glad we're on the same page because I first saw this. And I was like, yeah, Hunter Johnson's on. Like, I didn't see the spread. I just saw, like, th- this was the game. And, and yeah. I was like, yeah, it'll probably be, like, what? I don't know, three and a half for Michigan State. Like, I assume Michigan State would be favored. And then I saw it was nine and a half. I was like, this. neither of these teams can score touchdowns. No. Uh, Something's up, Rob. It, this feels like the, the ultimate reverse trap game. Like, yeah, I said it. Where you think this is a trap game, but it's a big reverse, and Michigan State blows them out. Could be in a bounce back. They're they're disappointed after the ten seven loss where there's some bad refereeing that kind of cost Michigan State the game. I guess, but I don't know. I I also f- trust Pat Fitzgerald to keep a uh, in conference game against like a non powerhouse really tight. He always and does. it's a hit him in the mouth game. It's like Patty Fisher, Joe Batchy. Like there's just a bunch of yeah. slobber knocking linebackers in the game, and then. On offense, like, neither quarterback can consistently get a passing game going. But they're both big names, Brian Lorkey and Hunter Johnson. Uh, I Like, if you think Michigan State's going to cover, what do you think the score is going to be, like, 20 to 10? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and I don't think Michigan State can score 20 points uh, in uh, Evanstown. Evanstown. Evanstown, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Losing my head. Um, I just say Chicago. I know it's disrespectful, but I just say Chicago. Um, actually, yeah, I'm uh, partway through a book. I'm partway through mini books, and uh, it's about the uh, like it's called the What Ifs of college football. And the University mm-hmm. of Chicago was a big chapter in it. Powerhouse. They used to be powerhouse. Absolutely. What happened, Rob? So much stuff to do with a coach and recruiting and not funding the team anymore. <sighs> Read. I blame Northern Illinois becoming a mini powerhouse. Jordan Lynch. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just don't see any way. Like, I don't even know if Michigan State can score 10 points. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I don't know, man. Something's Either this is an easy pick or th- there's something I'm else. taking no- Northwestern yeah. plus the points. Michigan State wow. wins, but, like, six threes. I just, that's the score I have in my head. Yeah, I, honestly, I can see Northwestern winning, but I'll take Michigan State. I don't trust Wait, them Wait, you're taking anymore. Michigan State? 
Oh no no sorry 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 no 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 I'll take Northwestern. Oh, thank God. Obviously, I just said they win. <laughs> They're gonna win. Okay. Gonna okay. Win. Yeah. Uh, moving on to three thirty p.m. game CBS the Dan- uh, Gary Danielson game. Um, so you know what I'm doing twelve hours before. Number eight Auburn <laughs> has in the College Station to take on number seventeen Texas A and M. Tamu a four point favorite. Uh, it's funny that like we were so excited talking about the last game, and then you start talking about it, and you're like, yeah, number eight Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're we're like, big down. ten people. What can I say? We are big ten people. Um, this is a tricky line, Rob. This is a tricky game. Uh, I'm not sure what to th- think about either of these teams. So I'm taking Texas A&M to cover. Okay. Uh, partially because Kyle Field, that is one of the That's really fair. legitimate home field advantages in the country. Yeah, the fake... The fake 12th man, yeah. Auburn did not play well against Oregon. Oregon lost that game on their own. Like, Bo Nix looked yeah. horrible in that game. Granted, Kellen Mond looked terrible against Clemson. I, I think but I think Mond looked better against Clemson than yes, Nix looked against Oregon. Mond, Mond also a junior, and I I trust that... Like, he, he can... Um, like, more consistently operate this offense where Bo Nix just, like, looked like a mess... And Auburn kind of relies on the running game. And I I like some of the players on the Tamu defense. Like Justin Medubuke, their defensive tackle is yeah. a really, really strong yeah. player. Um, they, they they have a a young but talented secondary. Like Leon O'Neill's a, a player to look at in a couple of years. Um, the issue to me is that, like if Mond gets shut down, Tamu lost their starting running back for the season last week. Or against Clemson, I should say. Um, obviously, Travion Williams not there. Yeah, anymore. so like so the, it, it's a young rushing attack, yeah. and uh, the the offensive line though did kind of handle Clemson. So, although Derek Brown is a a monster for Auburn, I just I I kind of it's up in the air, and I I lean to him because mm-hmm. that home field advantage. I I understand that, and I think Jimbo um, Fisher is a better head coach than Gus Malzahn. I don't disagree with that. Um. Tim Tebow spoke about uh, Bo Nix this week, though, Rob. He said God sent him to be Gus Malzahn's Tim, quarterback. How can Tim you go against Tebow that? Tim Tebow also doesn't think college players should get paid because no, they're no. all rich like him. Tim Tebow is two for two this <laughs> week. He said college college players don't get paid. He's right. Can't deny that. They don't get paid. And he said Bo Nix is a gift from God. I think he's going two for two, and I'm taking Auburn plus the points. Bo Nix wants to get paid. Okay. <laughs> How many... <laughs> There's so many college players that get paid to go to school, yeah, of but course. like, uh, just I don't know. NCAA's fucked in the fifth head. Anyways, let's, um, it's a tricky game. I think it's gonna be a good game. I'm taking Auburn. All right, now. the game you've been waiting for, the three thirty ABC game. And I, I'm not gonna lie to you, AJ. There's two three thirty ABC games, and it's based on region. And this isn't actually the ABC game we get. We uh we get UCF Pitt. But I wanted to talk oh, BYU. That's a, yeah, that's more fun. So, and, and Washington um, bounced back. Number two, Washington heading in to uh, Lavelle Edwards to take on BYU. Washington's six-point favorites. BYU coming off the OT upset of USC. Washington hasn't played a legitimate team other than Cal, who they lost to on a last-second field goal. Uh, what, what are you thinking? Uh. Okay, I think I, I'm thinking we just need to make BYU a part of our weekly picks every week. I love talking BYU. 
Uh, especially because the quarterback Zach Wilson certainly like they they're comparing him to Johnny Manziel against USC. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Mormon Manziel. I heard rumblings of that. Such a good nickname. Um, <laughs> I'm taking Washington. I don't know. I can't get. You know, sometimes I'm I'm in on this BYU team. Sometimes I'm out. I'm just gonna keep wavering. I think they're really well coached. Uh, by are, yeah, they, and, and like they have a good plan on offense, using like Wilson is a mobile little fun quarterback, and Tyson mm-hmm. Williams is. is a strong runner. But against a Washington defense that's as well coached as as this Huskies group, and like legitimate playmakers in their secondary, and then I don't think they're going to be able to stop Aaron Fuller and Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason needs to light this up if he's truly a QB, uh, a first round QB talent. Yes. And do, do they rank BYU if they win again? Yeah, they have to. They'll be three and one with their only loss to Utah, who some people put in the college football playoff. Yeah, like uh, I'm surprised they're people. not ranked 25 right now. Like, yeah, especially for uh, the TV. They, they upset te- te- Tennessee and they upset USC, and USC was ranked, and they mm-hmm. only lost to a top 12 team. Like, why aren't they ranked? Why aren't BYU? This is where I, I'll die the, on the BYU should be ranked till. Why aren't they in the Pac-12? Because they're independent, like Notre Dame, but they're the Mormon version. They're not Catholic. Makes sense. It's weird. All it really religious sense. schools should be independent. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Washington because again, I gotta go back and forth on. Yeah, BYU. me too. Okay, the uh, final three thirty game here for us: ESPN, Louisville at Florida State. Florida State six and a half point favorites. Uh, zero interest in this football game for me. Um, what, don't you want to know if Scott Satterfield really got the program turned around? Or if Willie Taggart finally got the program turned around? I guess, Rob. Uh, I'm taking Florida State. I don't like Louisville football unless it's Lamar Jackson's involved. You don't like Juwan Pass? <laughs> Great name, but Satterfield's no, a good okay. coach, and that, that opener against Notre Dame was fun for 10 minutes. It's, it's, like, he's done a good job so far, I guess, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm also going to take Florida State. If I mean, if Willie Tiger can't beat Louisville at home, like Florida State's at home, they're they're going to be building lemonade like, stands across just, the country. Yeah, yeah. Just pay the buyout, get out now. Then then hire Jeremy Pruitt. <laughs> Look, could you see that happening? Willie Taggart's a good coach. I feel bad for. Him. Is he a good coach? He doesn't seem like I mean, it. I, I think I still think he's a better coach than Mario Cristobal. F you. What? That's a, make... a talk for another day. What? They didn't even like. You don't think no. so? Mario Cristobal I'm a, I'm a... also can fall back on that he's the best offensive line coach in the country. Y- he can, that's for sure. I- I'm a Willie Taggart uh, supporter. I say lemonade stands, unless you have a permit for them, they're illegal. Okay. <laughs> okay, kids. And... Stop. Uh, 7 p.m. ESPN. Speaking of Mario Cristobal, number 16 Oregon heading into number uh, nothing. Number nothing Stanford. <laughs> Oregon ten and a half point favorites over the Cardinal. I don't know why you're surprised. I like Taggart. I'm a, I'm a Western Kentucky fan. I'm a South Florida fan. I'm an Oregon. He is fan. a anyway, speaking guy. Of, I should have known. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking of Oregon, uh, yeah, I'm taking them to cover ten and a half. Yeah, the it's always tricky going to, to go in there, but uh, I I mean I after know. seeing what UCF did against them, <laughs> and like yeah. knowing Oregon sh- killed themselves against Auburn, well, Oregon should be three zero. And they got mm-hmm. their own way. If they can't beat Stanford, then like at this point, they shouldn't be ranked if they lose the Stanford team. Uh, and, and Justin Herbert yeah. needs to prove he can be a consistent uh, elite passer in these big moments, or he's not 
gonna be this elite QB prospect that so many of us think he can be. Um, mm-hmm. Also, like Stanford, other than Paulson and Debo, they don't have a ton on defense whatsoever. And offensively, no. Costello looked bad. They don't have like a legitimate NFL running game uh, this year, and banged up offensive line. Uh, like it's a, it's a Kobe Parkinson show, right? Like yeah, for real. Like Oregon should be able to steamroll them, and if they can't, that's they a, should. A big yeah, sign, I think. What do you think the spread would have been if this was in uh, Auton? Good question. Seventeen and a half. Yeah, after that, you see, like, how bad UCF killed Stanford. Probably something like that. Yeah. Uh, These are always wonky games when these two meet. Sorry to. Last year, Herbert's best game was the Stanford game. They still lost. And they still lost. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Seven thirty. ABC. Oklahoma State heading to Austin. Take on number twelve Texas. Texas only a five and a half point favorite. What do you think about that line? It's a little, I, a little tricky line. It is tricky. Um, I think the Oklahoma State love is coming. It's building. Uh, the Chuba Hubbard and Tom Wallace, they lead the country in rushing and receiving, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer Sanders, the freshman QB, is looked like a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of love for this Oklahoma State offense, and I feel like any time kind of Mike Gundy is doubted heading into a season – they they outperform it. That's true. Um, but I, I I don't like I, I thought I'm surprised it's not a bigger spread. Like I'm taking Texas. Texas has a better I, defense. I well. Te- Texas has um, obviously the more experienced quarterback. Like I don't know enough about Spencer Sanders to think he can go into Austin and when, when it and yeah and beat yeah like when exactly. it really matters. But they are playing for Boone Pickens. See, that's not something I thought about. It's interesting. I, I yeah, I agree. Like that's a, that's just a huge stage to stage to go uh, to DKR and uh, try to win as a freshman, man. Better stadium, DKR or Boom Pickens? Uh, I have a soft spot for. I think Boom Pickens is a nice field, it man. Is. And he, and he's but uh, I mean, in peace. But uh, I uh, no, I. Uh, I, 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 like, I think it's going to be a, a close game for a while, but then Texas pulls away. I think that's fair. Uh, the total is monstrous. What is it? Like a 77 and a half, I think? Pound that over. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like Texas corners looked awful against LSU. So I don't know if they're going to be able to handle Tyler Wallace. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. It's going to be a fun yeah, game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a fun little teaser before the big one. 8 p.m. CBS, number 7 Notre Dame at number 3 Georgia. Georgia 14-point favorites in Athens. This is when we find out if Notre Dame is for real. If Ian Buck is for real. Uh, I'm taking Georgia. Uh, That was quick. Yeah, I don't uh, don't trust Notre Dame at all. I never do. I think that's fair. I don't. I know. this, This line is really, really, really tricky to me. Um... I don't trust Notre Dame, but I don't trust Jake. I'm going Fromm. with my gut on this. I know, I know. I'm going against my gut, so don't listen to me on this pick. But I'm taking Notre Dame plus the points. What? And I got a score prediction. Yeah, what you got? Hit me. Twenty-seven, fourteen, Georgia. Interesting. I'm. Uh, I I I just I don't know. I th- I feel like Ian Book didn't look that great against Louisville. 
How's he going to look against Georgia, who's got legitimate NFL talent on every level? Um, other side of it, Georgia has, I think, maybe the best offensive line in the country. They definitely have the heaviest. And I think they're going to give, like, uh, I'm really excited to see Andrew Thomas against Julian Aquara. Like, that's the marquee yeah. prospect matchup. But uh, I think DeAndre Swift's the best running back in the country. Um, him and Jonathan Taylor, at least. And uh, I think just the way Georgia's been able to disperse the ball, like, from spreads that thing out. And, and I don't think Notre Dame has the uh, defensive guys to stop. Like, they get James yeah. Cook consistently involved. He's their third string running back. Uh, um, their fourth string running back and fifth string running back are five stars. Like, and, and, and um, like I mentioned George Pickens earlier as one of the receivers. They also have guys like, yeah. like Demetrius Robertson, Lawrence Cager, like, and then they have the classic, like, uh, senior and, and Tyler Simmons, who's just the go-to in a clutch moment. I think Georgia just has too much on offense for Notre Dame to handle. And their defense is, I mean, it's a Georgia Kirby smart defense. And it's going to give Ian Book hell. Last year's Notre Dame team was better, right? I think so. I think like, so, too. I and think they went in. Jerry Tillery was such a massive loss, obviously. Yeah. And, 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 like, even, um, I'm blanking. Like, uh. The line, Coney. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, Coney and Tranquil. I think that Louisville game yeah. really stood out their lack of, uh, Experience at linebacker. Yeah, I and I was I was about to say obviously Georgia went to South Bend and what what was it twenty to nineteen they pulled it yeah. off. Is Georgia better this year? I think Georgia's better this year. Yes. So that's usually a recipe. Teams worse. Notre Dame's always overrated. Georgia's better. Um, this sounds like I want to take Georgia my I, I, just, 14, I, but, uh, I can't. I don't want to take Notre Dame. Like just out of, I don't like them. I, I respect. I honestly I would stay away from this game. I'm not sure. Yeah, fair. All right, finally, 10.30 p.m., a little Pac-12 after dark on ESPN. UCLA heading to Pullman, taking on number 19, Washington State. Washington State, 19-point favorites. Uh, as Mike Leach does, when you count him out, he goes and gets his team ranked. Um, Anthony Gordon leads the country in passing, probably, I think. <laughs> uh, probably. Uh, Max Borgi, the most fun running back who's barely used in the country. Fucking love board. They got like four receivers you can put up 100 yards. Um, yeah, what are, what are we thinking here? How much Washington State win by? <laughs> 28. Yeah, I'm going to take Washington State as well. I think their defense is uh, interesting. Uh, they they handled Derek King really well. Mm hmm. I, I, what's UCLA going to do against them? Like for real. I don't know. I have no idea. UCLA is really bad, I think. They are really bad. You don't need to think Wait, that. Are you they can the know worst that. Team in the They're Pac-12? bad. Um, yeah. I think so. I yeah, think so I th- too. Um, they, yeah, I think so. Just, Arizona State is weird. They're competitive. Who? who? Arizona State. So, they're, what? They're, like, I'm just, Arizona State's they're good. They're good. No, no, Arizona State's like no, a good team. I know. I'm just rattling off. Nate. Is Arizona the second worst? And they, they give Texas Tech hell. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just no, I'm just going through the the, the usual suspects down there. Um, yeah, they're the worst team in the Pac-12, and uh, they're one of two Power Five teams yet to win a game. It's them, and Vanderbilt. Oh, or I forgot about Oregon State. I don't know. Oregon State's ready to give UCLA hell. That's a game I want to watch. I think uh, I'm in on Oregon State. <laughs> what do you mean? 
So when Oregon beats them in the Civil War, it seems like a better win than it is. I'm in on them. You can't you can't prop up Oregon State for the Civil War yes, game. T- fucking this is eight weeks before Civil it happens. Bigger than Michigan, Ohio State this year. Look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with you, but bigger anyways, than uh, was hey you forgot Wazoo won the battle for the the name Cougars. Well, you just got to change your name now, and uh, the true Cougars are gonna prevail by like at least thirty points. Right. I think. Good. We can we can end this game of sleep. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to Seven Rounds in Heaven. Is this how I normally close the show? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Rob Paul NFL at AG Marquise thirteen. Go to armchairmedianetwork.com. Read my NFL draft column, or you can read my NFL rookie power rankings. Um, go to profootballnetwork.com and read my AFC South writing. And uh, thanks and good night. <laughs>